mom and I had, uh, that was one of our biggest fights. I do remember like, like cursing that website when you're like, I looked it up on kids in mind and no, I'm sorry. I bring it on to no go. <laughs> <laughs> But there's a statute of limitations. It's okay, mom. I bought it. I have it on on streaming. Every time I watch it, it's a little act of rebellion. I love you to death, though. So there you go. Talk to the end. What's up, everybody? This is Sarah, your host of Talk to the Hand podcast, a podcast about the 90s, everything you love about the 90s, and more. Hi, everyone. How you doing? It is Mother's Day week. And you know what? Our mothers are worth celebrating all week, in my opinion, all month, actually all year. And to celebrate our Mother's Day episode, I have the one and only Mama Spurlock here with me today. Hi, Mom. Hello. I am so excited to have my mom on. I've been waiting for the chance to have her and um, my mom and I could seriously just sit and talk for hours about just anything. So I didn't want to do a specific topic. So that's why we're here um, for Mother's Day. So we're going to talk about her experience in the 90s, uh, you know, doing her thing as a mom and as just this badass woman she is. So uh, we're going to talk about, yeah, all the fun stuff. And um, before we get into the topic, I just want to make sure you're following us on social media, Pod on Twitter, Talk to the Hand Pod on Instagram. You can email us at talktothehandpod at gmail.com or you can find us online at talktothehandpod.com. Okay, I got it all out of the way. <laughs> That's all the <laughs> housekeeping notes. Yeah. Oh, we also had a winner for our uh, April, March and April five-star review. Uh, it is Stephanie Rich. And actually, I know Stephanie. So, um, Stephanie, girlfriend, I'm going to be reaching out to you so we can send you your TTTH pod uh, giveaway gift box. Woohoo! All right, Stephanie. And um, yeah, I think that's it. Oh, also, if you enjoy the episode today, you like what you hear, you like what you've heard so far. Please make sure to leave us a five-star review on Apple. It helps us with the algorithm and makes it so other 90s kids can discover our little community. So, all right. Without further ado, let's get into it. Hi, Mom. How you doing? I'm great. I'm ready to, as you say, do my thing. Yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> okay, so why don't you tell our 90s kids uh, who you are, other than my mom? Okay. I am Shelly, Mom <laughs> Shelly. Um I run a nonprofit in Liberia, West Africa. And you know, Sarah, I thought about something as I as we were talking about the topic of um, 90s kids. I started this nonprofit. It's called Raise Your Hand Foundation. I started it back in 2007 after two summers uh, volunteering at a refugee camp for war-displaced Liberian youth. And I thought about it when you were doing this, when you, you know, do your topic about the 90s, that our Liberian young adults were totally 90s kids. Yeah. And through the 90s, we're in the middle of almost the entire decade war. Oh, wow. So it made me really pause and just go, wow, you know, what a, what a, terrible challenging time for them and to see where they've come from it the 90s just had an impact around the world yeah and I love that we're focusing on the fun 
things, but yeah. it also made me pause a moment yeah. and pay respect Absolutely. to the challenges that parts of the world had during the 90s. Absolutely. Yeah. And we see, we we do talk about that. It wasn't rosy for everyone. I mean, yeah. I think, I think it's really important that I would love to actually have, you know, some of my, my friends from Liberia on the show eventually to hear what their lives were like and, and what a typical day was like for, for just for everyone. I think, I think it's important that we do notice, we do note that it wasn't rosy for everyone. I think you do a really good job of that. No, I think this mom. podcast really addresses some of the challenges and some of the joys of that time. Of course, I'm a proud mom. So I, <laughs> I think, I think everything you say is awesome, oh, but thanks, mom. Um, it's, it's fun. And the foundation is just, it's a big part of my life now. Um, but it's not the biggest part. My favorite job is being a mom. Aww. So Mother's Day is a perfect chance to celebrate that. I, I have it. the two girls. You've heard Samantha yes. uh, as a guest on the podcast and of course, Sarah, and it's my favorite job. <laughs> and this episode is actually dropping the day after your birthday. So happy birthday, Mama Spur. Sherlock. Well, this is quite the week for me, although I'd really <laughs> rather not be adding another year to my, <laughs> to my many decades. 2020 didn't count, so we all paused oh, for a year. <laughs> awesome. 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 <laughs> all right. Well, so that's mom. That's my mom. I'm going to put all of her handles and everything for the foundation in the show notes so you can check that out. It's a very cool um, nonprofit. She's been working really hard. She's a one-woman show, so she has a staff in Liberia, um, but it's a really cool, really, really cool um, nonprofit. And a lot of young adults um, and and even adults of all age and kids, I mean, are really impacted um, and are able to get education that they so desperately deserve and 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 want and need. So um, I'll put all those those resources in the show notes. So we'll make sure and we'll also make sure we we tag them on all of our posts um, on social media as well. So, um, yeah. OK, mom. So let's get into the 90s. Um, what did a typical day in let's let's shoot for like 1995 96 just right in the middle of the decade what did a typical day look for look like for you in the 90s parenting at any stage has had some of this that I'm sure that people in the 80s and people in the you know I parented also through the 2000s. Yeah, so yeah. you've got your rituals. You've got the get up and get the kids out of bed in the morning. And you've got the, you know, getting, making sure that lunches are packed and putting the little note inside saying yes. I love you inside the lunchbox yes. and uh, making sure all their dirty clothes are washed and all of their <laughs> normal routines, the, the normal routines of parenting. Let's see. So 95 would put you at about eight years old. Yeah. Oh, I think second grade was one of the most challenging years for you. <laughs> I have to say, Sarah was a very easy little girl. There was a little period of time there in around second grade, which I think is maybe about that age, yeah. plus or minus, um, uh, where she was just asserting her, you know, her uh, developing I self. I was sassy. <laughs> Gemini in me was coming out super, super tough. Yeah. <laughs> I think for Sarah, and I think just parenting in general, um, one of the things that I I enjoyed so much was seeing the girls just adopt their own identities and taking moments like I, I remember about that age, typical day in parenting um, included, you know, what they came out dressed 
in yeah, for the yeah, school day. Yeah. And I never really had any super big rules about that. I actually liked when the girls kind of expressed their creative freedom. And Sarah certainly did that. <laughs> it was uh, it was fun for me. I, I really, I enjoyed so many parts of parenting, including the girls' friends that would come over. And yeah. we had a lot of that. So a typical day would include friends coming over, oh, hanging out always. at our house, spending dinners with us, um, sleepovers. Any parent listening to this would know those are exhausting. That <laughs> wasn't my favorite part. But um, we had it, parenting was fun for me. I enjoyed yeah. every stage of it. And block parties, we always did have, there was always a, you know, rogue kid or two from the neighborhood or from school or just anywhere that was hanging out at our house, um, usually on the, in the afternoons or on the weekends. So mom always used to keep the fridge stocked with all different kinds of juices and snacks and everything for all the little rogue kids that would stop by. And not to mention our Friday evening um, neighborhood week are kind of a parties that we would pull up picnic tables and order pizzas and the moms would hang out. The kids would play. And I love those days. Those are great memories. Yeah. And and it was it was very I I think it was the community we grew up in was very family friendly. Um, But also that just feels very 90s, like the hanging outside and the block party, just sitting outside and just ordering, you know, a bunch of round table pizza, which we have mentioned on the podcast podcast before we every time we talk about our childhood and like pizza nights we always talk about round table which is a unique northern california thing mostly but um but yeah we used to order pizza and we we would that was always really fun that that was always really fun and you know i think about the days of the of children just kind of playing in the neighborhood and i know that that there were still some of the risks that there are today but um I think back to those days and think we didn't worry. I don't think as much as parents today do. Yeah. Maybe that's a, a difference in the kind of information that we hear now mm-hmm. um, because the risks may have been just as strong back then, but you girls and the neighborhood kids would ride your bikes and yeah. climb trees and play. And, you know, I was knew where you were and believe me, you know, the idea of putting a little Apple watch with a tracking device would have been a really nice thing back in those <laughs> days, yeah. which didn't exist. But, um, I always, I think that, uh, we enjoyed watching the sort of self-expression, the things that you girls like to do and yeah. the friends you'd have over. And, you know, like every, every parent that really is kind of on their game is going to know who your friends are. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, those, those are good. Those are good and memories. Mom, you also uh, were like a, you, you did the art docent at our junior or at our uh, elementary school. So you also, um, I remember, you know, Mom would bring home these big, big portfolios with the giant because the art docents would have those really big. You'd be in a class and you didn't have like screens like we do now. So you would have to have these gigantic posters that were, you know, these um, whatever the, the the particular pieces were for that that lesson. And mom used to do that for our class once a month. I think it was once a month. Mm-hmm. And we used to have to, you know, as soon as she was done, we would have to send it to the next school. So we would hop in the car and, and go to the next school. And mom was also really involved in um, the 
uh, like field trips and stuff. Like, do you remember taking us on field trips? And I, I'm a touch, I'm a touch on the type A side at times. And from there were about a uh, about 11 year period of time where I went from working to taking 11 years off. And part of it was grandpa. My father yeah. wasn't really healthy, so he stayed with us quite a bit. Yeah, I remember that. And then we went. Um, I went back to work after that time, uh, part time. But the type A part of me, while I was staying home and you know raising the girls uh was involved in everything from art docent to brownie leader to everything so brownie leader that's right what yeah, were some of the things too. we did in brownies in the 90s i i wasn't in there as long as sam was but what, what were some of the things you did as brownie leader in the 90s earning badges for different yeah. things but particularly things related to wildlife care that's right because that was that was something i was passionate about so you know when you're the brownie leader you get to kind of pick the topics that's so. right that's right. Mom did a lot of wild wildlife care as well, too. She rescued birds and opossums. And our backyard was lined with cages um, from all these these animals that mom was nursing back to health or, you know, babies that she was nursing back to health with a mom. And there were some she even had puppets because she didn't want to imprint on the babies. So she would feed birds and animals with like puppets that looked like it was so cool. That was a big part of our 90s. Definitely. Yes, it the was. Animals. And you asked me about the Previa. Yeah. So the yeah. Previa van, every mom or had, I mean, no, I shouldn't say every, but a lot of the moms, a lot of the families back then had the van. The van, right? the minivan. And the 1991 Previa oh. um, had turnaround seats. So the two in the back, right behind the driver and the passenger turned around. So it made like a little corner, a play area. And we yeah. had a little plastic table that we would put in the middle for card games and everything yeah. while, the while we were field tripping around. And one of the things that, uh, was fun for the girls was I would pull my Privia van into the, into the garage. And then as I was coming out, they would say, shut it the magic way. So I would do it just the right. I figured out how to do just the right pace. And I put on my brake really quickly and the door would shut all by itself and everyone would clap. Well, that was really awesome until I did it so many times the door actually fell off. So, <laughs> was that at school or something you were picking it up? It was the elementary school, yeah. <laughs> and I will never forget that the girls holding on from the inside while I crawled along the gutter so that I could get us home. And then AAA having to actually duct tape the door shut. So I could drive up to the service center. <laughs> oh, I loved that 1991 gold Previa. I wonder if we have a picture of it somewhere. We got to find a picture of it. I don't know. It. That's a good question. We got to find a picture. That was the all-time best vehicle. It I actually was. grieved when I when I actually donated it yeah, because I remember we worked that. to the ground. I remember that. Yeah, it was so fun. Everyone loved when we used to when mom used to drive um, for field trips because they all wanted to ride in the Previa because mom would close the the Magic Way and people. Were remember to this day I there are friends from our our childhood that to this day remember the magic way uh, that mom would close the bravia <laughs> <laughs> probably not something to celebrate but it was fun <laughs> in those days and makes for a great story now oh I love it what about um or some of the fun things we used to do um as a family in the 90s with like what, what are some of the fun things you remember doing well, one of my favorite things, and I think that it um, is something you and Samantha would both probably uh, agree with, too, was we love to travel. 
Mm-hmm. So as a family, we loved to travel. And in those days, back in the 90s, there weren't the televisions and the monitors and yeah. things in cars. And we really, we really talked, sang, yeah. pulled the car over, looked at things. We played car, ga- car games. Yeah. Uh, we took drives as far as Yellowstone. Yeah. Uh, we took lots of, uh, Sarah's dad was uh, traveling on business and we would join him mm-hmm. on several trips. And I love the adventure of travel. And we were, we had a good travel culture as a family. We had yeah. a lot of fun together. Yeah. So that's probably one of my favorite memories. Other favorite memories, um, we had kids over that we'd have loud fun in, you know, dinners and movie nights. And I always really looking back, treasure those memories. Yeah. In fact, one thing I would say, and I'm sure every parent that listens to this or mom that listens with you know, probably attest to this too, is when your kids grow up and they move out of the house and they go on with their lives, it becomes so quiet. And not just because your kids have, but all their friends also have done that. And you go from, from this sort of wonderful, exhausting chaos to this quiet, where did they go moment? Yeah. <laughs> I can actually hear the birds chirping. I know. <laughs> I know. Oh, I so, love that. I love that. Well, um, okay. So what's a 90s trend that you wished would go away when it was a thing? <laughs> <laughs> you laugh. <laughs> Are you setting me up for something, Sarah Christine? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> well, how about Cosmo Girl for one? Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay, you have to tell the Cosmo Girl story. <laughs> so I'm thinking some of the like well, the any parents any parents challenge in monitoring the kind of things their kids get involved in or see or hear or participate in. I remember the biggest battles with Sarah and, and her sisters, but especially Sarah, cause she was a little bit older was uh, which magazines you yeah. could watch, which movies you could go to. Yeah. I, I don't know that that really answers your question, it does, depends, yeah. but I think that is one of my memories that makes me laugh in retrospect because I had to decide at what point you draw the line or what point you give them a little wiggle room. Like every parent does. I'm not the exception. That's true for the nineties. True for today. Parents have to make those decisions. Um, But Cosmo girl was the big battle ground that we had because, Oh, they wanted to read Cosmo girl. So badly. Teen mags in general. Remember, because YM, yeah, I yes, you're right. Yeah. YM was another one. And Seventeen, right. like a few that that was a trend that that was a huge source of contention for mom and I because <laughs> I wanted to be grown up, and I was like, I was probably ten years old, eleven years old, and I wanted to be grown up. And read YM, which was targeted for like 16, 17 year olds. And well, go ahead, the, Sarah, and explain how I managed that for you. The way that we compromised was um, there were a few mags that I just really, really wanted. And it didn't really even matter what was in them. It was just the prestige of being able to read YM. And so the way, <laughs> but YM, I think that was where you drew the line. Like you wouldn't even let me buy that one because it was too much about boys. But there were like 17 magazine was, was more beauty and fashion, which was okay. And, um, 
Teen Magazine was pretty much all fashion, beauty, horoscopes, fine. But it was um, Cosmo Girl was kind of a mix. It was kind of a wild card, you know, like you could get one issue where it was all like, like more adult themes and or you could have an issue that was all like, like fashion and beauty. So mom's way to, um, to <laughs> mitigate <laughs> that conversation every month was we would buy it. And before I got to read it, mom would go through and tear out all the articles about boys. <laughs> or just the articles that were... Yeah, executive was, editing privileges editing. on mom's part. <laughs> so, so there would be some weeks where she would only pull out a few, a few articles or a few pages. And some weeks where it would literally just be like, a couple of pages and the rest of it was torn out. I didn't care as long as I could like be like, look, I, I read YM. I, I'm not, I'm kind of not remembering the, you don't care part. <laughs> okay. I didn't very much care. I was like, mom, you tore the whole thing out. It's just the cover now. And I'm guessing parents today are still doing the same thing. Yeah. Maybe more with technology <laughs> and other other modes of, you know, of uh, storytelling. But yeah, I am yeah. sure that every parent is doing the same thing. Absolutely. Okay. So, <laughs> so in addition to Cosmo Girl, I the one thing you have failed to bring up is kidsinmind.com. Oh, my gosh. I forgot. Oh, no. I, bl- I blocked <sighs> this out, I should say. <laughs> So any parents who's probably parented through the 90s will recognize that. But I don't think parents today know that that still exists. Is it still a thing? It's still a thing as far as I could see when I looked it up. So kidsinmind.com was the way that the parents in our neighborhood, all the moms would sit and chat about it. When the latest movie came out, we would look at kidsinmind.com. And that would include the first topic. There are three ratings. You get three numbers. The first is for sex and nudity. The second is violence and gore. And the third is language. So you get three numbers on a scale of, I think it was one or two to 10. Okay. So anyway, um, I I was laughing because I just... There was one episode I had not listened to of your podcast yet, and it was the American Pie, which I did yesterday. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was laughing so hard. I went, I'm looking that up at Kids on Mind, because you and Eric talked about American Pie, (laughs) and Eric talked about theater hopping, and... Oh, Sarah, I got to say, I'm so glad. At least on your podcast, you did not admit to theater hopping. I didn't even do it. I was way too goody two-shoes. I was like, oh my God, you guys, we're going to get in so much trouble. So remembering that the three categories are sex and nudity, violence and gore, and language. American Pie's 1999 one got a nine for sex and nudity, a two for violence and gore, and a three for language. Oh my God. Now, 2001, your American Pie 2 reference got an eight on Kids on Mind, uh, Kids in Mind uh, for Sex and Nudity, an eight, eight, a three for Violence and Gore, and a seven for Language. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so you definitely wouldn't have let us see that. I would definitely not have let you see that. (laughs) 
I think if he asked Eric's mother, he'd probably say that she'd probably say the same thing. Oh, that is so funny. Oh my gosh. Um, I remember the movie that you and I talked about. 90s kids will probably recognize this name, Bring It On. Bring at it least on. Girls, because I had daughters. Yeah. But Bring It On. Okay, I'll look that one up. Okay. I gotta admit, maybe I was a bit tough on you See, on this. I'm telling one. you, I'm telling you. This <laughs> was such a huge fight that mom and I had when I was like 12 years old and this movie came you out. You and Melissa wanted to yes. see Bring It On. Yes. And Bring It On got a four for sex and nudity, <laughs> a three for violence and gore, and a four for language. Oh, so tame. So my apologies <laughs> all these years later. <laughs> wow. Okay. Mark this one down on your calendar. I'm admitting I was tough. But to be honest, I looked up a couple other ones. If I really had my say in the 90s, The Parent Trap got a 221. Okay, that was a good one. The best was It Takes Two by Mary Kate Nashley. Mary Kate Nashley? 111. Oh my gosh. <laughs> So those were the movies that I would have chosen on kidsinmove.com yes. for you. That's so great. Oh my gosh. I love it. That's so funny. Yeah. Bring it on. Mom and I had, uh, that was one of our biggest fights. I do remember like, like cursing that website when you're like, I looked it up on kids in mind and no, I'm sorry. I bring it on to no go. <laughs> But there's a statute of limitations. It's okay, mom. I bought it. I have it on on streaming. Every time I watch it, it's a little act of rebellion. I love you to death, though. So there you go. Actually, the fact that you're watching it now would actually make me happy because American Pie was a 928. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. You never stop being a parent. Doesn't never matter. Stop. <laughs> I love it. That is so funny. I love it so much. Um, so which uh, which people, trends, anything from the 90s uh, surprise you with their longevity today? Probably some of the, well, actually, one of the things that surprised me now is I know one of the trends were like the midriff tops. Oh, for yeah. Girls. Like the crop tops. They're coming back. They are. Yeah. So I, I think some of the fashion trends have been fun to follow. Yeah. I remember in the days when the crazy and you were you and your sister both did this the uh crazy eye shadow colors yeah. mm-hmm. that were out mm-hmm. those actually i mean you were wearing bright yellow yeah. eyeshadow yep. and colors like that and nails but nails didn't surprise me as much because to be honest i did that in my day yeah. too so. <laughs> but, but some of the colors of eyeshadows that you yeah. could get at some of the stores and, and body and glitter you, and you girls would play with that a little bit and yeah. you know, exp- do the different colors. And a lot of that still is, is in fashion. So I'd say fashion is one of them. Yeah. I think one of the most amazing things from my, you know, age and perspective looking back is the changes in technology. Yeah. Because I think back to just even a VHS being a big deal when movies started uh, first coming out, like Disney movies. Yeah. We would go. If you remember, we'd go to Price Club at the time, and uh, not cost now Costco. Costco, Yeah, yeah. we would go there or Target. We'd look for the latest Disney movie that has come out, and you know that we pick them up in VHS form. And I think about the changes in technology from then, even kids owning cell phones, yeah, you know, and having cell phones at that, at younger ages now, mm-hmm. what a change that was. Because mm-hmm. it, when you look over the course of several decades, that evolved slowly and you didn't always recognize it. But when you ask 
you know, to reflect back on the nineties, what a contrast to today. Yeah. yeah I got my first cell phone in, I was 16. Cause I had to write a list of a hundred reasons why I needed a cell phone <laughs> my, for my dad. I was going to say, you cannot blame that on me. No. And I don't even think dad made me do it. I think I just did it. And, um, just to be kind of a smart ass and be like, see, I need a phone. And there's a, here's a hundred reasons why. And then dad gave it to my grandpa who wrote a hundred reasons why I don't need a cell phone. <laughs> he countered every one of yeah. your, you so know, must your have been like, that was like 2002 or something, 2003. So that was when but I got my first cell phone. That also spoke to your talent in writing because that <laughs> was, that was one of our favorite family reflections backwards looking at that. Oh, I love it. So, yeah, there's there's uh, some some trends that are making a comeback. You know what I just saw the other day, Mom? Low-rise jeans are coming back, except not tight low-rise jeans. Remember how tight the, the low-rise jeans? Remember how, how like, every, every shirt I would wear was a crop top because the jeans were so low. And, yeah, like, right about like, that. But now they're, now they're coming back. The low-rise jeans are coming back, but they're baggy low-rise jeans, I hear. So we got that trend oh. coming back, too. So, okay. So yeah, some of the some of those trends have longevity, and uh, yeah, we're glad we're here for it. Well, uh, you were always a trendsetter, Sarah. <laughs> I always like to dress funky stuff. I remember growing up, Mom had saved a lot of her um, old old clothes. Like she had her her homecoming. You were she was homecoming um, in homecoming court, right? And you were wearing your dress like, or you had that really beautiful uh, formal dress. So she used to save all of those dresses and um, clothes from her childhood. And uh, we used to play dress up in those. Sam and I did like those were really fun too. So we were like little nineties nineties kids. Um, uh, wearing your 197, what would it be like 1976 or 77 dress? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. love it. I love it. And also, so my fun. I was a child of the 60s too, yeah. so I had the I had the um, fringe jacket, oh, the flower power and, stuff. Yeah, I had all that stuff. I saved a few articles of that clothing for that you would wear. Yeah. But made me think when, when you asked earlier about one of my favorite memories is um, when we every year at Halloween, yeah. we would collect, we'd buy and collect old, you uni- uh, old costumes that were going on clearance at a lot of the stores. And we put together a big dress up box. Yeah. And one of my favorite memories is the dress up times that the girls would have where they put on just just fun. It was just fun. It was Those fun. were fun. The, the theatrical productions yeah. that they would then, you know, perform for the family and their friends and their costumes. It was always yeah. fun memories. We also had really fun. Uh, we had the fun Halloween house on, on the block. Mom used to go to Home Depot and get big boards and, you know, she would paint <laughs> over them that say beware oh or keep out. And she would put those over our windows and she would de- deck. I mean, Sam and I have talked about um, how mom was the Halloween queen when we were grown up in the 90s and that's how I'm the Halloween queen now like thanks mom that was all mom thanks mom um but she uh we also she would make these really cool like um pumpkin face witches that would sit outside of our front door and um she would make little scarecrows and she would put little tombstones in our front yard and um we were the spooky Halloween and, and spider webs everywhere and then we also had not only were we the Halloween house but we also were the Halloween party <laughs> every year yeah. every that was, year. was always fun we had such a great neighborhood for yeah. that yeah we that did. was always fun do you remember the jello brain mold oh I do mom also got a jello brain mold in a hand 
It looked when you mix the right watermelon jello with green food coloring and a little bit of like, I think it was sweetened condensed milk or evaporated milk. It would come out looking like the color of flesh and it was light. It was bigger than life size because nobody has a head that big, but we'd put it right outside the front door. And it was always one of those things that, that was just our little, I guess it was our little trademark for our house. Oh, everyone knew, everyone knew because for the Halloween and stuff that like the school parties we would have with our classes, everyone would request mom make the brain. So she would make the jello brain and it was watermelon flavored, um, but she would put like creepy crawlers on them. And like, it was just, it was always our signature was Halloween was our, our, uh, that was our, our little mark on, on our little neighborhood was Halloween. Well, you know, now that you say that, it makes me seriously think there's something wrong with me. <laughs> I needed a creative outlet, I guess. <laughs> That's right. This is where I get it from, everyone. <laughs> I love it. Uh, you know, uh, one thing um, before you ask me the next question, I do have a song to share with you. Are oh, you Are you ready? Okay, yeah. I need to play it for you. So, any '90s parent that would recognize this song, um, well, it'll, or recognize this group would probably get a kick out of it, but also, um, it still exists today. So for you nineties kids that are now parents, this music is so fun for little kids. It came out in 1991 and we used to listen to it all the time. So Sarah was really little. Her sister was very small and we used to listen to it all the time. So it's a group called Parachute Express. Do you remember them, Sarah? No, I don't. Well, because you were so small, we went to a few concerts that they put on. And it- oh my gosh. <laughs> I do remember this. I do I, remember that. That's crazy. I loved that music. And when you first talked about having me on, I thought, what were some of my favorite, I don't know, in the 90s, what were the things that made me smile a lot in, since you and I both love music so much, yeah. the music. I was thinking about some of the musical groups and certainly uh, there were a lot of them. I, you love Sesame Street. Yeah. You loved Miss Piggy. I love Miss Piggy. <laughs> it you makes love. so much sense that I love Miss Piggy because she's all like the, my favorite. The Muppets, all yeah. of that. You love that. But so I'm thinking back to the days of VHS when those were out and how much you loved Miss Piggy. Yeah. And those were the days when we were stretched financially. Mm-hmm. Your dad was in an internship and we would walk down the street to the little corner of VHS video store, which was kind of common. There were blockbusters and those kinds of stores all over. And there was a Miss Piggy movie there that we would rent and we'd rent it every time we went. You would want to rent it. And I think we were able to rent it for like I want to say 99 cents or something. We read it so many times, that same movie. And you must have been, I'm guessing maybe two at the time, two to three, but it was early nineties and, or, or was in that, in that age yeah. range, somewhere around 90, probably yeah. around 1990. You loved it so much that the store actually gave it to us. <laughs> no one else rented it. So <laughs> it was your favorite. 
<laughs> okay, I, I vaguely remember you telling me this a long time ago, but it's been a long time, so I I forgot about that. Wow. Well, then this, the music, so you loved Sesame Street, but Parachute Express is really fun music. Yeah. And we used to play that in the car and we'd sing it and yeah. we had little dances to it and everything. Those were in the early 90s. Yeah. Where, uh, when we got further on, it was more like Philip Bailey and, you know, <laughs> oh, yeah. the dance to Earth, Wind and Fire and oh, we yeah. would dance to those in the living room. We had in our home in, in Gold River, we had a, a light. We had no furniture in our living room because we were saving it to travel. So we had, we had a big light that at a certain time of day, the, the sunlight would hit it and it would make little sparkles all over the walls. And we used to spin that light around and call it pop the bubbles. We have like a disco and we ball. would use that to, to, we would dance in we that way. Yeah. Express was one of them. Okay. And I remember, I, I just remember those, those days where, um, mom, mom was really, I mean, both my parents are musicians. They met in the Cal marching band. Um, so music has always, always, always been a huge part of our, existence. I mean, it's, it's our fuel music for all four of us. Music is our fuel and, um, our battery pack. And, and, um, I just remember mom is, mom is the one that really, uh, she, she has such a wide musical palette. I would come home from school one day and she would be playing, Chinese opera. And then the next day I would come home and she'd be playing Cajun music. And then the next day I'd come home and she'd be playing R&B like boys to men. And then the next day I would come home and she'd be playing Philip Bailey and Earth, Wind and Fire. And then it was just like, it was like, there's so, there was, there was just so much music in our house. Like what were some of the night? Oh, okay. I know, I know the answer that you're going to give for this, but what was, what were some of your favorite nineties musical Acts. Well, so my all-time favorite is always going to be Luther Vandross. I knew that's you were going to say Luther. That's my go-to <laughs> favorite. There's no one better than Luther yep. in this planet. But yep. we listened to a lot of Whitney Houston. Whitney, yeah. George Michael was awesome. Yep. Um, I'm remembering the, I'm thinking it's called the Jingle Ball or something. We would oh, yeah. go. The Jingle Ball for the end. Yeah, some of the groups from the 90s that you girls really like that I also enjoyed, like in sync. We saw um, Destiny's Child. Destiny's Child. Um, we saw, I think, uh, Je- I think Jessica Simpson. You did see Jessica Simpson. Time. Yeah, yeah. Hanson. Yeah, Hanson we did see Hanson. Yeah. So those were blasts from the past, Those were right? fun, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, what was the, the, what was the other one that we went to that we made your dad go to? Uh, uh, it wasn't uh, Enfest, was it? No, it Oh, I'm struggling to think of the name, but it was a boy band. And I think he was the only male 90 in the degrees, whole, 90 degrees, 90 degrees. There it goes. I think he was the only male in the whole <laughs> group of screaming preteen girls. Yeah, it was pretty great. Yeah, I think that from that point on, we always brought earplugs for earplugs your dad. For dad yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those are always fun. Those are fun songs because a lot of times I would listen to things that I enjoyed, but when you got home, we put on your music. Yeah. And as long as it didn't drop a lot of, you know, bad words or anything, I'm all good. <laughs> Again, censorship from the parental <laughs> point of view. 
I love it. I love it. I love concerts. Yeah. We've all been, all four of us now respective spouses all just love. We're all live music people. Yeah. We're all live music people. We always have been like, we're all drawn to it. Like moths to a flame. I think Um, (laughs) that's a good analogy. (laughs) Um, Okay. If you were to go back as you are now to Shelly in the nineties, what would Uh you tell her? And when, when in the nineties, would you go back to that, to which Shelly in the nineties and what would you tell her? So I think, Thing going back at because the 90s, when you look at from 1990 to 1999, that's a big span a big, of ages, yep, yep, and also different ages with your children. Yep. So I think one of the things looking back just at this stage in my life is um to really focus on searing in the memories of certain events because a lot of times you get so caught up in the busyness of life that you don't actually take that moment to really go, I'm going to remember this. Mm-hmm. And so I do remember a lot of things, but it's funny as you bring some things up, um, I go, wow, that's right. I remember that. Or I, I have reflections back on some of the, the moments. I mean, just even some of the things like, like laughing and, and, you know, the, the fun nights we had as a family and just as, as a neighborhood and as a community and to enjoy that, to really embrace it, not let it get by you because your children grow up so fast that I think that I am lucky. I don't have a lot of regret in that way because I loved being a mom. So for me, it was not a hard thing to do, but I think even still I'd steer those memories and even more. That's probably what I do. Yes. I do think it's important to keep alive things that you're passionate and interested in. And, you know, it's one of the things that I used to talk to you girls about too, but I was always, you know this, but your audience does. And I was a speech therapist for years before I started running the nonprofit. I love that career. That was a really interesting, fun career for me. But I always think that there's room to, um, to grow and stretch in new ways too. So what I'm doing now is nothing like what I was doing back then. And the intense part of parenting in the middle of that kind of sandwiched in between those two careers just has been, it's been part of the adventure of life. And and that's me as, as an, you know, separate from being a mom, the adventure of life, and then sharing that with you girls and sharing it with your friends and being a part of their lives. I wouldn't trade the things I did, even though it was exhausting during those parenting years, I wouldn't change them for a minute. Yeah. Wouldn't change them for a minute. Oh, I love that. Two things come to mind when you were saying both of those things. The first one was uh, letting those memories sear in sear into your mind. There's a there's a quote on uh, from the office. It was uh, Andy uh, says he basically says, I wish someone would tell us we were in the good old days when we were going through it. Everyday occurrences, doing the magic way with the Previa or, you know, uh, yeah. dancing yes. in the living room and popping the bubbles like those even little teeny tiny things um, are those are all memories that you just want to sear in and just keep them in and just make them just like, just embrace them and feel them in the moment. Yes. It, you know what? And you make me think, not take things super seriously. Yeah. Sometimes it don't need to be. Certainly yeah. some life events have to be taken seriously. But when we had these 
the maxi pads, yeah. the sticky backs on them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and one of you girls, I think it was your sister, but I one of you Sam. girls. I'm going to blame Sam because she's not here to defend herself. <laughs> Pulled all the backs off and made a piece of art on my bathroom mirror by climbing up on the bathroom mirror and decorating the whole mirror with that. Now, you could choose to be upset. <laughs> or you choose to laugh. And those I take moments, pictures. <laughs> I take pictures. <laughs> and some of the joy of parenting is being able to laugh. Yeah. It's being able to look at those moments and go, well, that was one for the records. I didn't expect that. <laughs> I'm definitely blaming that one on Sam because I didn't climb the, I didn't climb like she did. She was a little monkey. <laughs> but you two were always muddy. You had no problems with running through the mud puddles. And I <laughs> Earth Earth children. We were little earth children, always barefoot. (laughs) So the the big challenge on that as a parent is, is it okay to walk in muddy and mess up your whole floor or do you laugh about it? Yeah. I just always remember too, like, like you always saying our, our home is lived in. It's lived in. Those are the memories like, like of us getting super, super muddy in the backyard because we were playing and having so much fun. Like, okay. The little mud stain on the footprint on the, the carpets, just, just that. It is. It's lived in. That's what I would say my nineties, looking back on my nineties and, and sort of those reflections back, those are not the things to sweat, even yeah. though in the moment they take extra time, yeah. they take more, uh, sometimes <laughs> cleaning supplies, <laughs> they, they take a patience because maybe you have something else to do and now you have to clean up the mess. But in the whole scheme of things, those are some of the good stuff in life. Yeah, Those are the good memories that you reflect back on. I love it. I love it. And then the other thing that came to mind when you were just, uh, just talking, speaking to your like path and your adventure of life is... I just remember growing up and mom, you would tell Sam and I, what's the coolest job you can think of? And Sam was always like gorilla or chimpanzee trainer. And I was like, artist, I'm going to write a book. I'm going to write children's (laughs) books. And, And it was like, it was like, we, we could dream up the wildest things. And then you would say, well, someone has that job. Why not you? And like, that's really what, or someone's doing that. Why not you? And that's really kind of the, the adventure of life that I think Sam and I both have. That philosophy is just really, really something Sam and I both live by. Well, I'm glad because that is one of the things when I was a child, so back a long time ago, (laughs) um, I don't think I had that sense of an open path. I was more uh, directed at certain kinds of careers and certain kinds of jobs you could define. Yeah. But um, I remember going, you did your episode on space camp Yeah. and your dad went with you to space camp. I went with Samantha to space camp. And I remember meeting a woman there that was a linguistic and uh, what would you call her? Like she analyzed the linguistics of howler monkeys. That's so cool. And I remember thinking, I could not have even thought of a job like that. And I remember thinking somebody gets to do those great jobs. Yeah. Somebody dream big about it yeah. and go for it. And go for and it. And I'm really glad that you and Samantha have adopted that. Oh, and totally. I know for myself, you know, I've, I'm kind of doing that now. Running a nonprofit yeah. in Africa is a very big change for me, but I think somebody gets to do those fun jobs. I'm the blessed one that gets yeah, to do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's why I started a podcast. Like 
Yes. Podcast. That's right. You know, Sarah. That's I listen to everything else. I might as well listen to myself for an hour a week too. And somebody gets to do it. All it takes really sometimes is just digging your head down yeah. or putting your head down and digging in. And yeah. Putting it one baby foot in front of the other. Yep. Well, proud mom is speaking. You did great at it. <laughs> Thanks, well. mom. As okay. well as your husband. Yeah. So <laughs> what What are your clo- final thoughts about the 90s, your time in the 90s, or just the decade in general? The decade of the 90s for me as a mom was really special. And I, I was a stay-at-home mom the majority of those years. So I know that not everybody has that luxury I'm really grateful I did. It does. It didn't come without some sacrifices financially and everything. And it came with, you know, a couple of really rough years with taking care of your dad, my dad, your grandparent or your grandfather. But to me, some of those were the best um, memories too, because I think the two of you really stepped up with compassion and with help and and grew a lot as individuals and people too. So my memories of the 90s were very busy and very big commitments and very big responsibilities. But also it was a time where it was just a, a chance to just enjoy life with people I love and, you know, spend time with friends and family and just really, those are good memories. Those are good. Those, the 90s were good years for me personally. I also think they were very creative years, you know, as things were evolving with Mm -hmm. technology and with just the way, I don't know, society was changing in those years. Mm -hmm. Those were pretty groundbreaking years. And you've highlighted a lot of those on your podcast. So I think that it's, I don't even need to go into a lot of those, but it was a good time. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Well, I think that's a good place to leave it for our Mother's Day episode. Thank you so much for joining us, Mom. Well, happy Mother's Day to me and to all of your 90s kids who are mothers and all of their mothers. And we're 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 bonded. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Happy, happy, happy Mother's Day to everyone and to my mom, especially because she is the queen of the world. Aw, thank <laughs> love you. you I loved being here today. <laughs> yes, thank you so much. And we'll definitely have mom back. Mom, um, I, I have a gazillion topics that mom and I could go into um, and cover. Uh, so we'll have some really fun ones coming up as well. And um, yeah, so uh, thanks again, mom. Okay, thank you. Thanks for having me. <laughs> and um, please make sure you are following us on social media, TTTHPod on Twitter, Talk to the Hand Pod on Instagram. You can find us at Talk to the Hand Pod at at gmail.com. You can email us, I should say, or you can find us online at talktothehandpod.com. I will put all of mom's um, Raise Your Hand Foundation handles and places you can find her um, in the show notes. So please make sure you check that out. Actually, if you're in if you're in Sacramento, tomorrow is Big Day of Giving. So make sure you um, participate in that. It's a really, really fun fundraising, um, regional fundraising effort. So I'll put the link uh, in there as well. So make sure you check that out. And um, yeah, next week we have have another great episode coming your way so stay tuned and until then mask up get vaccinated if you can socially distance and be a good human and be excellent to each other thanks everyone have a great week